taking us from traumas and dramas in him. Come on, I believe right now the Lord is lifting your chin, and he's saying to get your hopes up and lift your head. Say, lift your head. Lift your head. How's this season of time challenge us in the last two years to lift our heads? Come on, to look up. And God knew beforehand what was going to happen. And he gave us the strategy in a season of time that he wanted us to look up and lift our heads and keep our eye on him. Has that been difficult to do? Yeah, I would say it is. But he's unraveling things. And during this season of time, he wants to lift our chin. He's saying, he's saying get your hopes up. This is a season to see the Lord. It's a season to see the Lord. Say, see the Lord. It's a season to see through the perspective, through the very eyes of God. Come on, I believe the Lord is releasing eternal eyes in this room. Okay? So his strategy was to reveal and to show you things through his eyes. Right, Miss Jen? You want to come up and share what was on your heart? Kind of this towards this order, but I want you to get how valuable God's word is. The word that's being spoken right now pertains to right now and what we're going through right now here on the earth. Morning. So I'm just going to kind of, it's kind of what I have is on that. I wanted to talk about perspective this morning and not just, not earthly perspective, but kingdom perspective, heavenly perspective and how we see things, and to view our circumstances from God's eyes, from heaven's eyes, when we have things go on in our lives, that we would look to him and what he has for that situation and that circumstance, that we'd focus on him and not everything that's going on around us, that we would look up and focus on that. And I'm going to read, I want to go into Colossians 3, 1 through 2, and I'm going to read it out of the message this morning. Bear with me. I did mark it. So. I know this is just something that God's really been speaking to me over a period of time. Of just, <clears throat> just even in my own life of things that have come up, I've gone through a lot of different circumstances and situations, and I've not always looked at God's perspective on things, and I'd always seen things in his eyes. And in um, Colossians 3, 1 through 2, it says, um, so if you are serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, act like it. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground. Observe the things right in front of you. Look up. Be alert to what is going on around Christ. That's where the action is. See from his perspective. So God wants us to look up and to see his perspective. Not, you know, in this world right now, there's just a lot of chaos and crazy things going on. But that we would not get distracted and not look at all that that's going on, but we would look up to him and see what he has to say. What does he have to say about your family? You know, I've gone through some family situations and not always had God's perspective on everything, but I've had to come to that place and look to God and say, okay, God, what do you want me to do with this kid here? Or what do you want me to do with this, this, this situation in my family? What about your work situation or jobs or just even marriage? The, uh, the biggest perspective he has shown me in the last year or so is marriage. What is marriage? What is God's intent for marriage? Um, what does a marriage look like? What is a kingdom marriage? What is his perspective on marriage? That is one thing that I have really asked God about lately is, is what is your perspective on marriage? And he has showed us. He has showed us. I, I think that's one of the testimonies I can share is that God has showed us through 
um, teaching and just in, in things with love and respect. Um, I encourage people to go through that. I don't know, even if you've been married, like we've been married 20 years, even if you've been married for a long time or however long you've been married, but that's a revelation of what marriage is. And, 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 and even he showed me servant, two servants to serve each other in marriage. So I'm just talking about marriage because that's one area that God has really shown me perspective on, and he's shown me perspective, even on health. We walk in health, right? I mean, is there sickness in heaven? No. And so he's just really showing me about, like, even um, for me, I struggle with sinuses. I don't know. I just get sinus infections in the spring, in the fall. But he's really just really talked to me about that because I would get so bad that I just would go in because it hurt so bad. I mean, I just couldn't. I'd be in bed. And so this last fall, I just kept speaking his word, and I kept... I never went in, and, and, and I mean, I have, that was the best that I've ever felt with, you know, you just, I just think if you get, you just got to get his perspective on everything, because we can walk in divine health, we can walk in prosperity, we can walk in a great marriage, we can walk with relationships that are successful, because we were created for this. This is our design. God designed us to be victorious, and so that, that's, you know, that we would just look up to him. In order for us to do well here on earth, we have to get that, take our minds, even our, we talk about our mindset. What if we got the mind of Christ and what, he's, what he thought? What, if, what about our thoughts about ourselves? Like for me, I have struggled for years, I've, probably even when I was a teenager, I have always struggled with image, with self-esteem, even to be up here for you today, this is a struggle. But I know I have to step out into it, and he meets me there where I step because this is my calling, this is my gift. And for years, I said, no, I can't do that. No, you can't speak, you can't prophesy, you can't open your mouth, no one wants to hear what you have to say. And I still hear that sometimes. But I struggle even with myself, you know, just even me, who I am. But God is, over the last couple of years, has really revealed himself to me and who he is and who I am and what, how he sees me. And when you have the, the prophetic words that we get, and that's what God says about you, you got to take those because that's how God sees you. And that's how he sees you, and that's how you have to start seeing yourself. You put your mind on things above. I'm going to go into um, 2 Corinthians 10.5. No, I'm going to read it out of the Passion. Sorry, I do a lot of different versions. Um, 10.5, it says, we can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God, break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. We can capture like prisoners of war. That means we can take every thought captive into prison, and thought, and take it, and insist that it bow in obedience to the anointed one. That means we have to take every thought that comes in, every negative thought, every, oh, I can't do this, or no, I'm, I'm, I'm not good at this, or whatever. We have to take every thought, negative thought, captive, and let God take it, because he sees us differently than that. It's to take everything. We put on the mind of Christ. What if we put on the mind of Christ in our circumstances? What if we had his thoughts? You know, I was thinking this morning, my, my daughter Hazel has glasses, and I, I mean, I wear them too, but... Boy, she can get those glasses dirty, and really dirty. <laughs> and I look at them, I'm like, how do you see through those? Like, they're, like, gross. I mean, it's, I don't know if she puts her food on them or whatever, but I wash them, I'm like, now can you see? 
yes, Mom, I can see way better. But isn't that with Christ? Like if we, you know, we get a clear vision and a clear focus and see clearly through a lens of Christ to see through his eyes, to see what he has and keep his thoughts. Because face it, this world has nothing good. I mean, Christ, I mean, just to keep everything in his perspective that we can live above our circumstances and not beneath them. So we're meant to live above them, not below, because we're not defeated, right? We're not defeated. God has let, allowed us, and our God has given us the victory. We are in him. We are in Christ. That means every circumstance is in Christ. What, what do you want to show me, God, in this situation right now? Graham Cook talks about it. Every, every situation, there's a possibility. God wants to use it and do something with it. You know, and even in my life, I mean, with Tom, even the last situation, I had to get God's perspective. There's no way I could go through that situation and look at the doctor's perspective, the world's perspective. Oh, he's lucky to be alive. No, he's not. God did a miracle. It's a miracle. Do we not want to walk in miracles and signs and wonders? I know that's for me. I want to walk in that in my daily life and everything, everywhere I go. I want to start seeing the hand of God move. We can shift and change the atmosphere. We can shift things. Even right now in our city, we can shift it. If we get the perspective of Christ and get his perspective, what's, what does God want for Thief River Falls? What does God want for, God want for community church? When I mean, we have the prophetic word, he called this place a house of healing. He's called that the jails would be, be emptied out, that they would come here and lay hands on, and we'd see miracles. That's, that's our identity. Youth and truth, we're a center for youth and truth. That's stuff that we have to begin to step in and walk into because that's how God sees us. God, God wants us to start stepping into that which he has called us and get his perspective on things. Get his mindset. Stop focusing on all these things. Because when we do, like I know for me, I get into fear. I get into anxiety. I get into frustration. All these things come on because I'm not walking in Christ's mindset. And once you get his mindset, fear, all that stuff leaves because you are walking in the mindset of Christ. You are walking in his perspective. You're keeping your focus on him and not all this junk around that's going on. You just got to focus. And that's, that's what he's been showing me. That's what he speaks through to me lately is just even, well, probably for longer than lately, but it's just been a process for me of just seeing myself as God sees me. That's been his biggest struggle and battle is me because I get in the way, you know? My, my fear, I'm like, oh, geez. Like, even being up here, I can't do this. That's what I've said for years. I can't speak. I'm shy. I don't talk. But God's changing and shifting me into that, and I want to step into that because that's who God has called me to do. That's how God's seen me. I want to be able to speak into people because I care, and I want to see people free. And I want to see people set free. I want to see marriages to the fullest. I want to see children and family to walk in their destiny and their calling. Our kids have a destiny and a calling. And I want to see with all of my might that they walk and step in that. And they don't have to go through what I went through, but that they can step into their destiny and their calling and see how God sees them. That's what we teach out in Sunday school all the time. Who are you? I'm a child of God. They all say it all the time. Tom asks Hazel all the time, 
Why are you so beautiful? Because God made me beautiful. And those are the things that we have to instill in our kids because then they can walk out and see how God sees them. But it's so important, and that's the thing that I, I, I don't know that's in my heart, is that we all see ourselves as God sees us and that we get our focus on him and what he has for us. Take those prophetic words. I encourage you to take your prophetic words. I mean, I listen to him all the time, and I'm asking God, and I'm saying, God, I don't know what this looks like, but you do. And you need to begin to show me. And I believe I am stepping there. But you have to take those, because that's how God sees you. That's your destiny. That's your calling. And all this other stuff, it don't, don't matter. But we have to step into that and see what he sees for us. That's what I have. Wow. Behind every amazing man, there's a strong woman. woman. <laughs> Good night, everyone. <laughs> uh, I want to talk about distractions. This morning, <clears throat> goodness, the word of God is so valuable, and he's given it to us, and this church is not short of prophetic words, and I know a lot of you in here, you're not, your lives aren't short of prophetic words. I've studied a lot of your prophetic words, and I've looked at them, and there is a strategic assignment of the enemy to take all of them away. Do you know why? And, and Paul warned Timothy, he said in the first Timothy, first uh, chapter 1, 18 through 20, he said, Timothy, my son, I am giving you this command in keeping with prophecies once made about you, so that by recalling them, you may fight the battle well. It is the very identity, spoken word of God, that gives you life, breath, identity, purpose, direction, power, authority, permission to walk this earth. And it's no small thing that when the word of God is being spoken and the seed is trying to be planted in your heart, that the first thing the enemy is trying to do is to take that out of there. Because that's a threat to his kingdom. He's going to have a lot of fun in this world doing all the things. But when the people of God take his word and step into his identity and step out like Jen said, isn't that powerful? I'm telling you right now, the enemy's going, shh, don't. Don't listen to her. Don't listen to her. Because you know why? Because the place that I'm at in your life, I'm, I, that's where I want to, I, I'm, if, she, if you take a hold of what she is saying and you apply it, I'm not going to have a place to go. I'm going to have to flee. I'm going to lose territory. So I need to take hold of that word and I, need to, and I want to, to drown it out with distractions. Squirrel. You never said squirrel. That's from a different thing. I'm not after you. That was totally not you, Connor. Hey, you're good, bro. That, I had this written down. Do you want to see it? This is way before you. It was written. 
all them, so you might fight the battle well. Listen to this. And holding on, say holding on, to faith and good conscience. Hold on. Come on. Jesus prayed himself for his disciples who had been trained up and spoken. He said, I pray that your faith may endure. Because there are seasons of time where your faith is tried towards what God said, what God sees, and it affects you, and you fight with that. As Jen was just sharing, it is essential, it is the very livelihood of us believers when we take hold of what God says, and we say, God, you said, and I know you said it. And David, or, or Peter, or excuse me, Paul said to Timothy, recall the things that he spoke of you that you might fight the battle well. Keep your head up. Look to me. Watch me. Don't forget me and everything you do. Sometimes you have to ask this question in life, what about God? Huh? With all this information, what about God? What about his word? What about what he said about me? What am I going to do with my life? Where am I going to go? Well, what about God? Because watching all these things fall apart, it's almost intentional in my mind that God just, you see everything fall apart? You see how fast all of these things around you fall apart? You got all this money? How fast does that go? Man, I went shopping the other day. Look at that go. Went try to buy a coffee at the Scooters. A muffin and two coffees, 20 bucks, Lord. Huh? Well, it is good. <laughs> but I don't have any money left. <laughs> right? Is it all gone? We had some advice to go out. It was our 20th anniversary last week. Woo, come on. Um... And we got some advice to go check out uh, Northern Peninsula, right, of Michigan. I've never been there. Superior site, beautiful, awesome. And a lot of things were free, so great. They were, weren't they? Most things, the parks and all that were free, so it was fantastic. So we began to see the wonders and the beauty of all these things. And then we came, we came back and we came up to Duluth, and uh, we went to Duluth, and all the hotels were full. I didn't book them in advance. I said, well, we'll just stop in Duluth. And it was $450 for a night in Duluth at all the hotels because there were like two rooms left in the whole the city of Duluth. I don't know what's going on in Duluth, but I was like, man, we are not staying here. So we went up to Virginia. Does anybody know where Virginia, Minnesota is? The Iron Range, okay? So we went up to Virginia, Minnesota, and we went up to the Iron Range, and we, again, were looking for the free things to go to, and there were museums. <laughs> I know we weren't. But they, they, that one's actually cost money. But there is such tremendous history in the Iron Range. I did not realize the history. I know they get iron and steel there. We pretty much all know that, don't we? But do we know the story about the Iron Range? Right? The first people that came there you know, what was there? Years ago, before the lines were even drawn between Canada and Minnesota, there was this, where are we going to draw the line? And the historians say this. 
if Canada came down and took the Iron Range, the United States would have never become a superpower. You say, what? How is that even possible? Did you realize that 85% of the steel made in the 1900s that won World War I, World War II, built our industry and our buildings, 85% of that steel came from Minnesota? There is over 45 billion tons of iron ore metals, valuable precious metals, still in Minnesota. We do not have to rely on any other country for steel or those things. So in times of war, we have the resources to build our army. It's right there. Isn't that amazing? We were destined to succeed. God planned it. He knew what you needed before you needed it. And when they were drawing the lines, they had no idea what was in the ground. They had no idea that that, if it was, you think there would have been a fight for that thing? Absolutely. And because of that, because of that, we became a superpower. We built so many ships, it was unbelievable. The industry was just blown away by what we could produce because of that range. But somebody had to figure that out. I look over there, and I look at the Iron Range, and I even look at it, and I say, I don't see it. You don't. Where, where does this all come from? Who came here and said something like, right here, there is iron. And from this place, we're going to build massive buildings, and we're going to create this whole superpower of a world, or United States. Who knew that there was something there? God knew, and so he gave that to somebody else, and somebody got a revelation about it, right? Somebody got a revelation and dug down, and they dig, dig down deep, and they take the time. There was nothing there. There was crowded woods. It was a mess. It wasn't easy to get to. It wasn't an easy place to locate. If anybody's driven in there, there's mountains, there's hills. It's hard to bring stuff out of there, but somebody went there and found something, and they said, there's riches here. There's resources here. There's a never-ending abundance of steel here to build a nation, to defend a nation. What's here? What's here? What has God given you? What has what his kingdom given us? Is there an abundance? As Miss Jen was sharing, she was crying out. She says, there was, there's no lack. When I lift my heads to heaven and I'm in a situation, he continues to show me and reveal to me the goodness and his power and his grace to administer in my marriage, to administer to my children, to fight off every battle of disease. There is a resource there. Well, I don't know about it. Right? And you could be on top of a mountain living in a little shack, frying fish or something, and not know what you're standing on. And as Christians and as believers, God is desperate for you to understand what his kingdom is really about. And what lengths will God do to reveal that to you? And what lengths will God show you to go so that you could see his goodness 
and his power and his grace and his mercy? What will it take to awaken the church? What will it take to awaken you? What will it take to awaken me to say, hey, do you realize what's in the ground? Do you realize, Timothy? Don't forget that which God, don't forget the kingdom. Don't forget what God has spoken about your life because that in that is your permission. In that is your identity. In that is your power. In that is that the authority to walk somewhere with the kingdom power to administrate his healing, to administrate his love, to every resource, every place like that, if it's not there, the kingdom can create it because God spoke everything into existence. That's how powerful it is. And that's how Matt, uh, uh, um, tremendously uh, overwhelming the kingdom thought could be. But here it is. Do you see it? Can you perceive it? How can I see it? And when do I begin to see it? I think of my life, and I was, I was, I was talking to someone, and I remember there's stages in my life where this becomes reality to me. One of them was a very young man. I was very, I was very traumatized about the thought of public speaking. And I think I've shared this story many times, and maybe some of you don't, but maybe some of you don't know. But I struggled with anxiety and, and fear and worry just about public speaking. Bad. I'd be up nights. I'd say, I'd, what I would do, my secret was, I'd try to memorize every word about what I was going to say because I didn't want to sound stupid. And I would memorize, I remember I did a play, I would memorize the whole script, even though I, it wasn't on my lines. I memorized everything because I had such a tremendous fear about public speaking. Oh, it was anxiety. It was worry. That was one. Do you think I overcame that? I mean, so I tell people that, and they're like, what do you mean? There's no way. And as Jim was talking about, just even stepping out, and when you step out and the Holy Spirit moves, you realize you can trust him. You realize that as a kid, I had dreams. I would stand, I would get a Norwegian Bible, and I'd pick up the Norwegian Bible, and everybody, I don't speak Norwegian, but I would stand up in the Bible, and I would be reading, and I'd be reading, it sounded like I was speaking in tongues, but I would stand up there, and I'd preach to my brothers and sisters like that. I'd read that. You remember that, David? Good. <laughs> but I would. There was, there was something deep inside of me that, f that knew. And I, we all have that. God put something on the inside. Of, he made us. He put something on the inside about the dreams and the things that we have. And, the, and it's just like the furthest thing away. There's the furthest thing away that that wasn't even possible. As Jen was sharing, she was trying to encourage our faith. Another thing was about business and life about the thought about business, the overwhelming thought about getting stuff done and how to provide. I'm telling you, I was up at nights just trying to think about how to get things done. Right? I am Jehovah Jireh. I am your provider. But it wasn't until I turned that over to him, it, nothing changes. Your anxiety doesn't change. Nothing changes until you, until you begin to say, okay, God, you can have this part of my life. What do you want to do with this? And that's when the word of God becomes life. I want to read one more scripture here before we go. We got to give Deb and Frank at least an hour back there. So I got another 45 minutes here. Squirrel! What are the squirrels? <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Their backyard. How do you take care of squirrels? No. No. 
<sighs> we have so much work to do here this morning. Uh, we got food in the kitchen, Les. We're going to have to work through dinner. All right. <laughs> He's going, don't you do it. All right, this is the message. This is the message version. Matthew chapter 13, 11 through 23. And this is the parable about sowing, sowing the word of God in the king, kingdom and people. This morning, the word of God is being sown into your life. Okay? And one of the things that happened, and Jesus was explaining what happens to the word. He says, the one sown among thorns represents the one who receives the message. And this is lower in verse, around verse 20. I, have, I don't have them marked in here. But it says, the one sown among thorns represents the one who receives the message. But out of all of life's busy distractions, say distractions, and his divided heart, and his ambition of wealth resulting in suffocating the kingdom's message, and it becomes fruitless. The word of God can be fruitless in our life. Everything that God planted this morning, just think of this morning right now, could be choked out. It says it chokes out the very life of that word to produce anything. Right? And that's why, that's why Paul said, Timothy, remember. Remember the word of God that was spoken. Remember the things that God was speaking as we were praying in worship. Remember what God was ministering to your heart for just maybe that few, few moments of time. God will give you a word. God's given me like a few words that just have absolutely carried me through seasons of times. And part of church is just trying to get people together to hear God because you need to hear God's voice. You don't need to hear my voice though it's a wonderful voice, right? You don't need to hear my voice. You need to hear God's voice. You need to hear his word over your life. You need to get through that revelation for you so that when you leave these doors, you're holding on to something so that when you fight the battle, you say, you know what, God, you said, you showed me this, Father God. You've proven this. God, I'm stepping out in this area that you have. But when distractions come, the life's busyness, squirrels, Come on, what are you thinking about? Job? What are you thinking about? The things that are going on? It's stressful. It's worrisome. It continues to, and it's choking. You know, you ever been choked? Yes. You have. Well, we'll leave that alone. But if you ever do get choked, what are you lacking? And is air important? It's like, the, it's like the wind of the Holy Spirit blowing on you. Someone can choke the very Holy Spirit out of your life right? The, the, uh, the world will choke the very Holy Spirit, and it won't stop. What's happening right now? There is a lot. I just feel like I want to choke somebody just to demonstrate, but that might get your attention. But no, it, it literally chokes you out. It literally chokes you out, and all those worries and all those concerns choke you out, and it challenges you. It challenges me to look up, say, look up, look up, and hear from God, right? In those moments, because you're gasping for air. You're being overwhelmed by a particular situation. You're being overwhelmed by what, what is everybody talking about right now? What is all, all this stuff they're talking about? And you get into the debates, and you get into all these things, and you could feel the choking of the Holy Spirit just leaving the room because there's no saints, in God, saints of God speaking out God's word in that, what about God? What about the kingdom? What about what's in the ground right now? Is there something there for us now? What is God saying right now to America? 
Is he saying, lift up your head? Is he saying, look to me? Is that what he's saying? I hear him. Remember the things that I've told you. Remember your words. I have given you permission to speak. 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 Thank you. Right? He's given you permission. And the distractions of the world say, shh. The distractions, you feel overwhelmed. Honestly, there's so many distractions, you don't even want to be here. No. It's true. When you get so overwhelmed and the Spirit chokes you out, you don't even want to be here. Because that happens to me. I get so overwhelmed. They're just like, give me one more day. You know what? I just need an extra day of work. I'm just going to take Sunday off and work, and I'm going to get caught up, and then I'm going to feel good. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. You never get ahead in the world. You just don't. Sundays, Saturdays, and you keep working, and you come back, and you keep working, because that's the way the world works. As Jenny was saying, it just doesn't stop. So you get all stressed out, and you get all work, and say, if I could just get this one project done, I'm going to have peace everlasting. You get the project done, and you're disappointed, and you go, man, now i got to go to the next project. And then it happens again, and it happens again. But right where you are right now, in the project's even done, he wants to demonstrate his power, his peace in that project. And he just wants you, in the middle of your project, in the middle of your mess, he says, go ahead, give it to me. Just give it to me. So he proves himself that he's greater than that situation, so you know that every time something comes, you always have that resource inside of you. That's how he demonstrates it to America. America, you see what's going on? America, what about God? What about the Holy Spirit? What is he saying? What about my gift of the Holy Spirit? How powerful is the gift of the Holy Spirit? What distracts you from the Holy Spirit? My spouse. Right? This other person at work. My job. My great boss. Right? My tremendous boss, those that are up, what is distracting you from God? Because it drags you down. And I know it because it's happening to me. It happened to me, and it happens all. What keeps your, keeps your focus on him? Okay, I'm almost done. Unless you want me to keep going. Les, don't be so honest. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're in that place right now. Peter, I talked a couple weeks ago about the kingdom now. And I love Peter. Peter is a man who's passionate about God. And he's so, in some of the things, he was so transparent and he was called out so many times. But in it, it was so powerful. This is a prophecy to Peter. I'm going to close after this if I could get someone on the keyboard. Jesus was talking to Peter, and he restored him. He said, Peter, do you love me? You remember that situation. But, but Peter was saddened. He said, my Lord, you know everything. And this is uh, John 21, 17. He said, you know everything, Lord. God knows everything. You know my heart. You know where I'm at. You know, sometimes we don't feel very good about where we're at, and that's okay. You don't have to be condemned. You're not shamed. We're in a situation that we don't feel too good about ourselves. And this was where Peter was at. He says, you know where I'm at. Jesus replied, then feed my, feed my lambs. Peter, listen. When you were younger, you made your own choices. We make our own choices. And you went where you pleased. But now a day has come where you're old. And others will tie you up and will escort you where you would not, be cho- where you would not choose to go. 
and where you would spread your arms. And Jesus said this to Peter to prophesy of what kind of death he would die for the glory of God. It was incredibly powerful prophetic word that was fulfilled by Peter. But it was a very hard word where Peter was at to understand. And then he said, listen, Peter, follow me. He said, look at me, keep up. Then Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved follow him. This was John. And he said, he said Peter saw him and said, he asked Jesus, what is going to happen to him, to John? And Jesus said, if I decide to let him live until he returned, what concern is that of you? You must still keep on following me. Peter revealed himself that he was a little bit jealous about this other guy, but it was a distraction. His jealousy, his look at man, what about these other people? They were a distraction. There are people in your life that can be distractions. But the only thing that keeping you distracted of was what Jesus just said. He said, Jesus, Jesus said to him, he said, you must still keep on following me. No matter what distraction is, whether it's something in you towards somebody else, a jealousy or something like that, the whole premise of it is to keep you from following and looking at Jesus and following him. He said, that's the key. No matter what you're going through right now, no matter what ailment, no matter what's happened, you keep looking at me. Don't lose sight of me and we lose sight and when we lose sight we become crushed and disappointed we become crushed and disappointed in a word we become crushed and disappointed because it's not coming to pass because I don't see it anymore and God is restoring his word his love unto us so that we could see what he sees heaven now see heaven now what do you see God in me you must still keep watching and following me. It wasn't a bad question. It's just his heart was a little bit divided. And he said, you must continue to look to me. Let's stand up this morning. Father God, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that it is so powerful. Lord, that you are directing and you're showing us, Father. That whatever we're going through right now, I, whatever it is, God, you are greater. You are stronger. You are bigger. You are mightier. Lord, you have never, ever failed us. You have never left us or forsaken us alone. And because of that, we are more than overcomers. In Christ Jesus, we are more than overcomers. And God, right now, I may not know that. There are people here in this room, maybe I don't even see it. But like the people of old who went to the Iron Range, God, and they marched in a land that you couldn't tell what was there, but they knew, somebody knew, and discovered something great. I pray, God, by the power of the Spirit this morning, God, we can dis discover something great about who you are in us, no matter how deep it is, no matter how far we have to reach, no matter what situation it is, God. You have proven time and time again to everybody in the Bible that your word is greater, that your love is greater, that your mercy is greater, that your grace is way more than sufficient for whatever we face. What about God? What about my calling? What about the things, Lord Jesus, you've placed on my heart? What about those things? God, if, it's, if this is a distraction, pull me from my distraction. God, if it was a, a divided heart, pull me from my divided heart.
Restore my heart, Father God, unto you. Lord, if it was, if it was any situation, Father God, family, love. Oh, man. Let my light shine before men so that there might be hope for my family, for my kids. God, let your glory shine upon me because you're awesome and you're a mighty God. Come on, just lift up that part of you. Father God, we thank you, Jesus, for the atmosphere of love in this house. That atmosphere of love, Father God, and the promotion hallelujah and the pull and the draw to live in your kingdom and to see what you see hallelujah father god that it would affect my soul that i may find peace god that it would affect my soul that i could find rest god that would affect my my children and my life lord jesus that i could lead my family to an almighty savior that no matter what they face here on earth god be it pestilence be it sickness be it disease be it anything lord god that they will have victory and life more abundantly father god because they keep on following you lord i pray that their faith may endure that we will not lose hope and that we would not lose faith. And God, if it's a restoration of hope, let it come. God, once again, let the restoration of hope come. I lift my eyes up to the heavens from where my help comes from, creator of the universe. My help comes from you, Lord. Hallelujah, helper, mighty God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. God, I pray that the word that is sown in our hearts may take root and fruit. As we go out those doors, as we go into our, into our land, Lord, I just pray for the shoes of peace. Hallelujah. To follow them and walk in it every step of the way. Is that that song? Go ahead, Sarah. Mm -hmm. And I I'm desperate for you Jen said, you got to step out. Let's step out. Come to the front. Say, you know what? This is it. I'm not going to lose this word. Come on. Keep going. I am. You're going to step out. Come on. You're not going to go back. Come on. You're not going to go back. Hallelujah. I'm going to hold on to this. If I'm going to hold on to this, move out. Move out. Move out. Come on. Hold on and fight. Fight for it. Lord God. Lord God, I need you now. I'm not going back. I'm tired of going back. I'm not going back. Hallelujah. Decide. 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 Come on. There's something in the spirit of invitation. Step out. Receive it right now in Jesus' name. If that's you, come up forward. Don't let this happen anymore. 
Uh, no more distraction. Come on. Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on. Come on. Say it. up and lay something at the throne room of God. Come on, I literally saw people kneeling and laying something down at the throne room of God. Come on. Hallelujah, no more. You can have it all, Father God. You can have it all. Everything. come up here come on prayer warriors come up here hallelujah Jesus for I know the plans that I have for you says the Lord plans to prosper you plans to give you hope and a future for the Lord has brought you hallelujah out of the darkness into the light Connor for the Lord has brought you out of the darkness and into the light to demonstrate his heart for the lost to demonstrate his kindness Lord says upon you I have put you a heart of a pastor a heart of a pastor to reach those and go places nobody will go. You will go to the deep places and the lonely places and you will show people love and you will show people light. I have given you permission, hallelujah, to tread over the enemy, hallelujah, in dark places and carry the light, hallelujah, for your heart is pure, says the Lord, and you have given him and you have seen the darkness and you have grasped the light. Hallelujah. As you embrace others, God has embraced you. And I saw personal moments in your life where you have saw the Lord and you have desperately cried out for those that you love. And the Lord says, I have heard every prayer, every call. The Lord says, I continue, hallelujah, to store up them in heaven. For the day shall come, hallelujah, where every prayer shall be answered. And the moments will come, says the Lord, that those things you've trusted me in, it will be revealed. And everyone, 
Hallelujah. We'll see that God is good. They will say, God is such a good God. Hallelujah, Lord. I thank you for his faith, Lord. I thank you for his faith. Hallelujah. To keep on pressing on, Lord Jesus. Jesus, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, just keep praying. Thank you. Come on, intercessors. Yes, Lord. Keep going. Hallelujah, Jesus. Father, I lift up Jamie. I just look up, Jamie. Look up. Look up. He wants you to look up and look and see what he has for you and see what he has for your family, what he has for you. But he has great things for you, great things in store for you songs. Jamie, let him come forth. You have songs, you have things that God has for you, that you just let it come forth out of you. He just wants to come in, and he wants to take everything, and he wants the things that he has for you to come forth. To step out and step into what he has. He has greater things. And when you step out, there is no lack, there is nothing that God cannot do through you. He has everything you are in need of when you step out and you step into what he has. Look up and see yourself as I see you. I see you, Jamie. A psalmist. A worshiper. A mighty woman. You even have a voice that God wants to use to speak through stuff in you, Jamie, that God wants to reveal and show and bring out because you have so much for so many you have so much to offer and there's things that God wants to put in you to release because he has something that's going to reach many women, your family I just speak over your household your family God, that your hand is upon her family, your hand is upon her household. That no weapon formed against her or her family shall prosper. That nothing the enemy cannot, cannot do anything to her family. I speak over her children. I speak protection. I speak the call of God to come forth in all her children, Father. And her family. Because you have a destiny and a plan and a purpose for this family. I speak abundance, for there is no lack in God's house. So there is no lack in Jamie and Spencer's household. I am putting an end to the lack in your house, says the Lord. I am putting an end to the lack. No more lack, because I have abundance, and I have plenty to give. You watch and see what I'm going to do in your family. You watch and see what I'm going to do in your marriage. You watch and see what I'm going to do in your kids. Just as we sang today, you, you stand with your hands held high. 
with your heart abandoned you lay it all down because he has so much he wants to do through you and your family it's your whole family your children you watch and see as they come to you with songs as they come to you with words and Spencer as well God has something for Spencer and I call it forth the call of God on Spencer's life bring forth things in Spencer Lord show him God who he is and who you are reveal yourself to him in a greater way and I call forth the call of God upon his life to step into that which he has called I call forth in this family and I speak greater things are yet to come to this family and to this household. There's nothing that Satan cannot do any longer because you have Christ. And I call forth over your household and your family everything that God has for you and your family will come forth. I just speak it over you, Jamie, in Jesus' name. Look up greater days are ahead of you. Look up as your Redeemer lives. Look up to Him. Lay aside every thought, every captive, everything to Him. All the things around me even today as we're talking, the distractions, the frustration, the anxiety, the fear, lay it to Him. Just give it to Him, Jamie speak this in Jesus' name over you and over your family. In Jesus' name. Are you writing in a journal? And you're writing every battle that you fought, that yes. you've gotten victory over? Yes. And in that journal, you're going to write not only the battle, but the victory, and God's going to turn it into a powerful testimony. Yes. In song, mm -hmm. and also in sharing with people, Jamie. Yes. Amen. The word, the words that God has put in your heart, and the, and the victory and what he's spoken to you through these battles will be a powerful message. And people need it. The world needs it today, Jamie. They need your message. They need your voice. They need your song. So, Father, we just lose. We just lose the, the divine revelation that through every one of her battles, through the Word and through your Holy Spirit speaking to her heart. Father, we just, we just lose that as she starts writing. And Father, we thank you that you are, by the power of your Holy Spirit, you will put that to song and you will put that to a message. And we thank you for the power of God and the anointing of God on her life. We thank you that she hears your voice. Her heart is open to you, Father. And today, if there's any area deep in her heart that needs healing, God, I know that you're doing a deep work in all of us. You're going deep in and you're pulling out the thorns. 
the ones that are hard to get at. Jamie, you lived in Texas. You know what the thorns do. They just go deep and you have to dig and dig and dig. But God is, God is allowing them to come out. God is going to have a heal people, a whole people. And he's doing that work right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. So we were given this here. What does it say? Hallelujah. Amen. Come on. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord. If you still want prayer, we could be up here for prayer and ministry. But have a wonderful Sunday. We want to look, we want to see you guys tonight. About 4.30. 4.30 tonight. The game will be on the big screen, so. Vikings play tonight, so. Bless you guys.